Let's open our Bibles to John chapter 4, verse 34. John chapter 4, 34. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Amen. Jesus said, My food, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Hallelujah. One more scripture, Matthew chapter 12, 48 to 50. Matthew chapter 12, 48 to 50. But he answered and said to the one who told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand towards his disciples and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Amen. One more scripture, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. <coughs> Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. <coughs> Do not be confirmed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. This morning I want to title the word, The Perfect Will of the Perfect God. How many of you want to be in the perfect will of God? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. There is nothing much comforting to know, other than to know that you and I are in the perfect will of God. Amen. The most comforting thing. Somebody said the safest place on earth is to be in the will of God. Amen. This morning, I believe as a church, we are going to seek the perfect will of God. Amen. And God will anoint you to walk in the perfect will of God. Hallelujah. If you want to subtitle it, you can subtitle going into the mind of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus liked to equate when his natural mother, brother, and sisters came. He said, Hallelujah. I know naturally they are my mother, brother. But before God and before heaven, let me tell you who is my real mother, who is my real brother, who is my real sister. It is the one who obeys the word and who walks in the will of God. Jesus equated his relationship with us according to our strength to do God's will. This morning, if you have dedicated your life, if your family has dedicated your life to do God's will, I don't mind whether you are a Hindu, you are a Muslim, you are a Christian, you are a Catholic, you are from America, you're from Canada, you're from India. It doesn't matter who you are, which nation, which tribe. If you have set your heart to do the will of Jesus, the will of the Father in heaven, Jesus said, you are my mother, you are my brother, you are my family. Hallelujah. This morning, Jesus recognizes family according to our decision to do God's will. Praise God. The greatest comforting thing, hallelujah, it is to do the will of God. That's why the greatest block, it is not the block to come to church. But it's a block for some people. But the greatest block is to walk in the will of God. What the devil's entire 
modus operandi is to stop you, block you from the very will of God. You are a target. You are an important person to heaven if you are walking in the will of the Father. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This morning, you are a hallelujah fear to the enemy. You bring fear to the camp of the devil. If you have chosen and dedicated your heart to walk in the will of God. When I look to the Bible, a man called Samson. You know, he was such a threat to the devil. Not because he was perfect. How many of you know there is only one perfect person? That is Jesus Christ. There is perfect Jesus into the perfect Father. Hallelujah. All of us are imperfect. God perfects that concerns us. When we look to the perfect Father. But it's an ongoing process. I'm getting into that. Nobody is perfect. Samson was not perfect. He could, though he was not perfect, a lion could come as a surprise. The enemy would come as a surprise. And he could tear it to two. two. This morning I saw some devil trying to attack families and lives as a surprise. But if you are in the will of God, nothing is a surprise. If you are walking in the will of God, the anointing will move forth. You can tear it into pieces and walk as if nothing happened. This morning there are dangers and there are principalities, there are authorities, there are darkness and there are enemies that is trying to attack you by surprise. You would not even notice it. You would not even anticipate it. But if you are a child of the living God who have decided to walk in the will of God, you can tear into a part. Hallelujah. And you can move forward for the glory of God. Praise God. He is scared of people who have submitted and consecrated the day Samson chose not to walk in the will of God. He lost his eyes. He lost his vision. He lost his strength. He lost his power. He lost his anointing. He lost his sense of calling. He was performing before the enemy like a foolish person. I don't want the church to be like that. Just imagine the church without two eyes. Bald. Praise God. Lost the strength. When everybody else is praising God, you feel like, like, like under, nutri- uh, undernourished. Praise God. Hallelujah. So that's the reason why we need to grow into the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. We need to move into the mind of Christ. There is so much of block to stop us from doing God's will, we need to move into the mind of Christ. We need to grow into the mind. That's why Romans 12, 1-2 says, Do not conform to the patterns of the world, but renew your mind, that you will be able to test and approve what's perfect will is in your life. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that the Bible is saying that you can test and approve what God's perfect will is in your life? Who said that you can't know the perfect will of God? Who said you will not be able to walk in the perfect? The Lord is saying in His word, you can test and you can approve and you can know the perfect will of God. Praise the Lord. There are two experiences. A Christian goes through. One is called the born again experience. Everybody say the born again experience. Which is the one time experience. 
When you are born again in, in your spirit, you get back the relationship that you lost in the Garden of Eden. What Adam lost in the Garden of Eden, you get it back. It's a one-time experience. Everybody say one time. That's why it's called the greatest miracle. Because it just happens instantly. Have you ever forgotten the day that, hallelujah, you received, hallelujah, baby, a pastor or, or in the church, whether you accepted Jesus and said, Lord, I accept you as my only Lord and Savior. You said something changed overnight. Over that second, you felt so light and you felt that you have an owner, you have a Lord, you have a master. You felt protected and secured. Over one second after that prayer is the greatest miracle when your dead spirit is regenerated by the power of the Holy Ghost. Ephesians 2, 1 states like this. Everyone who was dead was made alive, quickened. Praise God. It is acts of, hallelujah, big transform. You were connected to a big transformer. Boom! Something ignited. No current. Suddenly, boom! Praise God. It's called a born again. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But when one decides to receive Jesus into your heart, he is born again in your spirit. Bible says he is the only way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody goes to the Father except through Jesus Christ under the heaven. Oh, no name is given for mankind to be saved except through the name of Jesus. What a powerful name. You get up in the morning and say, Jesus, that itself will put you into God's will. The more you say, Jesus, Jesus, the more you walk in the will of God. We become too much of a Christian. We have forgotten the name Jesus. Christ, the anointed one. What was the last time you said Jesus? I know when it was. When you made a mess of something and you're going to be caught. I said, oh Jesus. (laughs) When you sinned and made a mess of something. Oh Jesus. You had a bad break and hallelujah, you are about to, hallelujah, hit something very bad. Oh, Jesus. That even the unbeliever says, you get into the plane, their legs trip, slip and even hallelujah, the unbeliever, hallelujah, say, oh, Jesus. That is not the Jesus I'm speaking about. I'm speaking about the Jesus who came 2,000 years ago for the redemption of our mankind, who gave his life as a sacrifice, hallelujah, for the sins of our lives, and who rose again on the third day, and seated at the right hand of God the Father, who defeated death, sin, and Satan, and hell, and plucked you out of the paths of hell, and plucked you and seated you, hallelujah, hallelujah, together with Jesus, to proclaim the praises unto him, hallelujah, and to give, hallelujah, light, hallelujah, to this world. Hallelujah. That Jesus who quickened you. That Jesus who knows you by name. That Jesus who loves you. That Jesus who is in this church and who is the only important person. That Jesus. That Jesus who will come back a second time in great glory. That Jesus. Not the duplicate Jesus. That Jesus who will heal the sick. That Jesus who will heal the blindness. That Jesus who will set the captives free. That Jesus who will heal your marriage. That Jesus who will bless your life. That Jesus. That Jesus who nobody can stand against. That Jesus, if you're born again, is living inside of you. Greater is he. That is in you. That he that is in the world. That Jesus. 
Jesus you met him when you were young. That Jesus you served while you were young, somewhere along the line, you lost the sight of that Jesus. This morning I pray that your eyes shall be opened to that Jesus. He quickened you, made you alive unto God. That's why when I give you the word, you're saying, hey, something is speaking to me. It's irritating me, but it's still speaking to me. It's not great to hear, but it's still a great Jesus. Your resistance and your rebellion and, and, and your mistakes are not a surprise to my Jesus. Amen. Your weaknesses and your deepest fears is not a surprise to my Jesus. Amen. What you are going through this morning is not a surprise, hallelujah, to my Jesus. He knows you by name. He knows your name. He knows your family. He knows your need. He knows your struggle. He knows what you are going through. And he will put everything together this morning for the good for those who love him and called according to his purpose. His name is Jesus, the son of the living God. Hallelujah. 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 Ephesians says you were made alive. It's called the rebirth. The born again experience. It is the place where the Holy Spirit made you alive unto God. The indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. You are experiencing Jesus. It's not head anymore. It's heart. Praise God. That's called the born again. Everybody say born again. That's why the devil wants to put a, you know, oh, this born again people, this born again people, this born again, all brainwashed. Next time somebody says it, say, yes, we are brainwashed. Our brain is washed through the blood of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Yes, you are brainwashed through the blood of Jesus Christ. Your brain is clean. Hallelujah. Number two, experience is called the renewal. Born again is a one-time experience, but renewal is a lifetime experience. It's an ongoing process that takes place every day. Rebirth is in your spirit, but renewal is in your mind. It can change a person's thinking and character. Hallelujah. God notices what is going in the inside. If your clap is the result of what's happening inside, that clap has got power. It's faith clap. God is looking at what is going to say inside. If your amen is the result of what you're believing inside, that amen has got power. If you're responding to what you're believing inside, every time you're saying an amen, it's got power. That word renewal comes from the Greek word metamorpho which means which leads to the greek word metamorphosis the process of caterpillar changing into a butterfly then the caterpillar in its cocoon and to become a butterfly it goes through a struggle that's called the renewal is all about it's struggling church is a place to be happy but some of you say oh, i'm struggling pastor it's okay you can struggle in the church also as long as you come to church, it's okay. You can struggle also. By the time of this word, you will change into a butterfly and go. Actually, people say, oh, it's long time. 
Actually, it's not the time. It's the struggle that makes you say that. You're going through a struggle. I'm feeling sleepy. Yeah, you can watch three movies at a time and laugh and laugh. You won't go to sleep. When you get, listen to the word of God, sleepy. That's a struggle. When people are making lots of noises, you're getting irritated. Yeah, it's a struggle because you're not able to make it. When somebody else is blessed with two houses, when you are still in a rented house, you are finding a struggle. Greater struggle. Why? I am believing and not getting one. This guy, two. And he's believing for three. Why does he need all these houses? Some kind of envy struggle. It's called the struggle of envy. It's all struggle. But God is patient amidst that. He knows you are going through a metamorphosis. You are going through a renewal. You are going through a struggle. By the end of it, what is going to come out? Ah, the wings are going to come out. And you are also going to fly. Oh, come on, just this morning. Don't upset with your struggle. Don't be upset with anything. Ah, by the end of this talk, you are going, the wings are going to come. Strength is going to cover, come over your wings. Take over your wings. Even you will fly high. Hallelujah. Even you will be a beautiful. Hallelujah. Waha. Come on, just this morning. Somebody receive this word. It's called the renewal. Metamorphosis. Hallelujah. It is going through a transformation. It is going through a renewal. Renewal is the work of the Holy Spirit. All that we need to do is to yield to Him. The metamorphosis can happen when you have T-A-W-G. Write it down. T-A-W-G. The most important word. You might not see it in the dictionary. It is called... Time alone with God. When you spend time alone with God, this metamorphosis happens. And there's nothing more beautiful than to spend time speaking to the daddy like a father. Because every time you are coming to church, when you start your day, what is the devil trying to do? Is to take your peace, take your joy. So you speak to the father. That problem won't come. Your peace is kept. Your joy is kept. You are kept. Hallelujah. Amen. Just when you get out, you you say, oh my God. The smallest thing, the car is not working. Your peace is gone. You're, You're going for an important interview, an important meeting. The car is not working. The driver hasn't come. So many problems. So many small things. Or you fight with your husband and wife before the most important day of your life. Something. You want to do a presentation and here is you feel no support from the family. Every time the devil is a liar. He doesn't show mercy. He is a killer. He is a destroyer. He is an enemy. And he tries to take our peace from our lives. The Bible says devil comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. But God, Jesus has come to give you life and life in all its abundance. He doesn't show mercy. Praise God. Have you seen this basketball? As I, when, when, you, when you put a basketball on the, on, on the basket and if it doesn't come, you know, either you can take it in the rebound or the, 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 the opposition will take hold of it and dribble, dribble, dribble. Some of your 
Hallelujah. Did not, you missed your chance. Somewhere you did not, your basket, your, your throat did not fall into the right place. Instead of take, being a rebounder, the devil has taken your promise. And he's dribbling with it. Hey, don't go to church. Hey, pastor has prepared this talk just to point to me. Yeah, Who is dribbling your ball? The devil. Your family, they will never be safe. Better to compromise and sit in one corner. Your body, gone. Cancer is what everybody in my family had. I'll also see the devil is dribbling. The devil is dribbling. This is the last time I'm coming to church. The devil is dribbling. But this morning, tell the devil, enough is enough. I'm not going to allow you to dribble. I'm going to take my ball and put it into the basket again for the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 2 Corinthians 4 and the 16th verse says, Our inner man is renewed daily. We need to daily renew our inner man. It's going through a metamorphosis daily. That's why Romans 12 2 says, What do we need? Why do we need a daily renewal? Only in daily renewal, you will know the perfect will of God. That you may be able to prove that it is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Daily renewed. Your mind is daily renewed. Everybody say daily renewal. Jesus said he came to do the perfect will of the Father and to finish it. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, you will see Israel look into other nations and wanted to be like them and wanted a king over themselves. Israel looked into other nations and said, hey, we want to be like them. We don't have a king. We want to be a king. And God gave them a king, though it was not the perfect will of God. Praise God. The perfect will of God was God said, I will be the king over them. I myself will be the Lord. I will rule them. I will judge them. I will take care of them. They said, no, we don't want that. We want to be like the world. We want to conform to the patterns of the world. In other words, they're saying, we don't want to know the good, which means bad, non-acceptable, that which is not of the will, without testing, and without the approval of God, is what you will see. The opposite. They said, no, 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 no. We want a new king. And the new king brought them into fear and bondage. The new king brought them before the giant and left them alone. Because they went against the imperfect, against the perfect will of God. If you keep asking for an imperfect will, God will give it. That is the word says. Hallelujah. Amen. He might grant it. How many of you want an answer to any? Answer to your prayer, which is imperfect. How many of you want it? Psalm 106, 13 to 15. Somebody read it for me, please. Psalm 106, 13 to 15. Then they soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tested God in the desert. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. Amen. God gave them the request, but gave leanness into their soul. They become undernourished. Sometimes God will give answer to your prayer because you're keeping asking. Manna was given, no manna. We want meat. 
Praise God. We want meat. We want the cow. <laughs> Hallelujah. My thing is this. Sometimes God grants you the request. But manna was God's perfect will. The bread from heaven. Sometimes we are settling for less. And because we are settling for less, we are undernourished, underblessed, underfavored, undermerciful. We are walking in a very ordinary life. Bible says Jesus will nourish and cherish his church. How many of you want to nourish and cherish? Come on. Hallelujah. You know, we are going to have a baby dedication. We are going to lift up the baby. Why are we lifting up the baby? We are saying that baby, hallelujah, by the faith in the parents are putting in Jesus, hallelujah, the baby is going to be in his time is going to be nourished and cherished and going to be a part of the body of Christ. Because children are a blessing from the Lord. So when you're lifting up the child, you are saying, see what God has given me. Children are a blessing from the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is going to be a reward. And when you're lifting up, it is not an exercise. It is showing the world, see what God has given me. And once it grows up and be its age, it will be nourished and cherished by God. And will be a part of the body of Christ. Ah, praise God. That's dedication. Hallelujah. Otherwise, some people say, why, 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 why people lift up their baby? Are you pastor checking its weight? No. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Israel looked into the other nation. They became lean. God told Balaam not to go and curse the children of Israel listening to Balak. But he kept listening to Balak and Balak and Balak and went and cursed Israel. Could not do it, but went. He went against the perfect will of God. He was the only one in the history who was chosen as a non-Jewish prophet. What a privilege God gave to one man. I've lost it. Some of you are lost, losing the privilege God has given you. Do you want to be in the perfect will of God? You have chosen out of nobody to glorify and to magnify. Don't lose that opportunity. Look at two people and say, don't lose the opportunity. Because if you go to the perfect will, temporary it gives you joy. God gave Abraham Ishmael Ishmael brought temporary joy. But later you know what Ishmael has done. Problems that can never be solved. By the father Abraham, father of faith has brought into this world. So you, God will bless your Ishmael. If you keep asking for Ishmael, God will bless it. But what will happen? It will take your, eventually take your joy. Isaac is the perfect will. It has to really, you have to release your faith. Amen. You have to wait. Amen. You have to seek God. Amen. Oh, come on. How many of you want an Isaac marriage? There is faith involved. There is waiting involved. But when it comes, there is a, there is a delay. But when, when it comes, it brings joy. Oh, come on, church. Hallelujah. Are you with me, church, this morning? How to learn God's will. Few points. Ephesians chapter 1. 
and ninth verse. How to learn to do God's will. You have to understand what God's will is. Ephesians 1, 9. Having made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Himself. Having made known us to the mystery. Everybody say mystery. Some of you are a mystery, like God's will. Bible says the mystery of God's will. God's will always will be a mystery. For example, Matthew 20, 16, 26, 27 says, Jesus said, those who are the first shall be the last, and those who are last shall be the first. Why? It's a mystery. It's a mystery. But then he goes on to say, why? If you want to be a leader, you, the Bible says, if you want to be the greatest, you need to be a servant. Hallelujah. Praise God. What is the mystery? If you want to know God's will, you need to be a servant hearted. You need to be serving God always. You will know the mystery of God's will. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's a mystery. But you need to have a servant heart. Don't sit as a judge. Don't sit as a judge judging everyone, everyone, correcting everyone. You have to come as a servant and seek. And he said, the first shall be the last. Last shall be the first. Ah, come on. God is saying some of you, you felt last at the starting of this year. But at the end of the year, you'll feel first. Praise God. If you have a heart of a servant, the first shall be the last. And the last shall be the first. It needs, it's a mystery. But you need to have a servant heart to know it. Come on church this morning. You can serve anything. You can put the chairs here. You can clean the chairs. You can, you can go back and share this word with few people. You can share this word with few friends. You can share the gospel. Whatever. See, don't think that serving God is only having a mic and having a name of a pastor and a tag and standing here. That's not ministry is all about. Everything that you do for the law, it has to have the ability when you do it and start, keep serving the Lord, you will not miss out on the will of God. Come on church this morning. Go and share this word with somebody. You will not miss out on the will of God. You will get into the perfect will. Every time that you are doing and serving God in one way or the other, you are pushing the enemy. You are overtaking the enemy. You are reaching your destiny. Come on. Hallelujah. God rewards them with his perfect will. We all seek security in our lives. But where is our security? In God's will. In Genesis chapter 12, God told Abraham, leave and step out into a place only I know. Leave your family, your kindred, your everything that you have. Step out. Everybody says, step out. What a thing to say. An insensitive God? No. He said, I know the perfect will. Step out. Amen. He left everything. He sought the kingdom first. He denied himself, took up the cross and followed Jesus. He was willing to lay aside his decisions. and What he thought was right, what he thought was wrong. He chose everything. He just stepped out. Come on church. That's there in the scriptures. Genesis 12, 1 to 3. Sometimes when I preach, I feel that I'm not speaking the Bible. The way that you're looking at me. Pastor, you're not preaching the Bible. Is there Genesis 12 1 to 3? But what happened to that Abraham? 
he walked in the will of God. He to the point, Abraham was asked, go sacrifice your only son. Isn't it amazing? The only son who you love, go sacrifice him. We would have rationalized with God. We would have said, how can a loving God kill a son? How can he even use the word kill? He did not say that. He's put his son on the altar. Glory to God. I love it. And the Bible says, as he going to sacrifice, as he was going to take a knife and kill his only son, a sound, a sound, a sound of the lamb. I like what my pastor said. He said, the lamb did not have galim kitch kitch. Just imagine if he would have not made that sound, Abraham would have killed his son. That's why when God blesses you, he's never too late or never too early. He's right on the time. Come on church this morning. He's right on the time before that knife would fall onto Isaac. Hallelujah. The ram. Some of you here sitting right on time. Right on time. Right on time. The lamb, the provision. Hallelujah. You thought, oh my, lost my business. Where will my business? Where will my house? Where will my provision? Where will my future come? The provision is coming. Oh, come on church. Come on church. How many of you thought, where will my son's admission came? And suddenly you're right on time. Hallelujah. Praise God. You got the child's admission. Glory to God. He's a faithful God. When you are in the perfect will of God, there is a ram that makes man. What was the old? What, how old was the lamb? When you read Genesis 15 and the 9th verse, Genesis 15 and the 9th verse, how old was the lamb? So he said to him, Bring me a three year old heifer, a three year old female goat. A three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. The sacrificial lambs were three-year-old. Isn't it amazing? For a three-day journey, God had prepared three years prior your provision. Oh, come on. Did you understand that? For your three-day journey of obedience, for your three-day journey of listening to God, God had kept a heifer. God had kept a lamb three years before to meet with you. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be discouraged. God has kept your lamb three years before. Even before you prayed over that issue. Come on church this morning. Even before you thought about there was an issue, your provision was ready. Even before your daughter was born and she was marriageable age, God had kept a boy. Even before your son stepped into college, your admission was ready. Come on church, even before you all built a house, the land was searched. Even before the church will be built, Lord will give us the best place to build a church. It was ready before. Come on church. Even before your husband said, Jesus, he had made ways to reach to your husband's heart. You don't have to be worried. Somebody who's praying for their husband, God is saying, I will touch him. I will save him. I have a plan to bring him to Jesus. Glory to God. You need to pray. You have the knowledge. Hallelujah. Are you with me, church? To pray 
Number two. Number two. It's a mystery. Number two. You have the knowledge. You need to have the knowledge of His will. Number one. It is a mystery. Number two. You need to have a knowledge of His will. Ephesians chapter 1, 17 to 19. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling. I pray that your eyes might be enlightened. Pastor can't enlighten you. You have to pray and say, what is my perfect will? What is the calling of my life? What is the purpose? You need to pray. Everybody say, pray. Paul an apostle, Bible says Paul an apostle in 1 Corinthians 1, 1. Paul is an apostle by the will of God. Paul did not say I'm an apostle. He did not say I'm a pastor. He did not say I'm an evangelist. He said Paul an apostle by the will of God. I am an apostle by the will of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You need to pray what is God's will over your life. There is general calling. Mark 16, 16. You can preach. You can pray. You can call and speak it forth. Uh The word of God to few people. That's a general call. All can do. Preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Cast out the demons. All can do. But there are specific functions in the church. There are specific callings. You have to pray. You need to pray and pray. With the church, not independently. Some people have two, two groups of people in the church. One people, pastor, prayer is a contract for pastor. We won't pray. You find out our will. You find out our calling. Tell us clearly in Jesus' name. Otherwise, we'll go to another church. We call the threatening Christians. They won't pray. Hallelujah. Amen. The second group of Christians, they will say, everything we pray and everything God tells us, you have to tell us. Nothing more, nothing less. What is told to me by straight by God. (laughs) Straight from God. That is what it is. So everybody, pastor, church, everybody has to submit what they heard from God. Both are wrong. Both are wrong. You need to pray to know the hope of the calling, number one. Number two, it has to be dependent within the church. Acts 13, 2 says, when the church prayed, God's Holy Spirit spoke, set Paul and Silas apart. Paul and Barnabas apart for my work. Set them apart. So when you pray, God speaks to you. God speaks to the church. God speaks to everybody the same thing. Amen. It's a good place to say, Amen. Ah, praise God. You decide, oh, I have to go and study in Bangalore. And you can, Pastor, pray. Pray, where, where to go? Where to go? 
pastor is not able to get anything. Why? He has already decided to go to Bangalore. Whether pastor said Delhi or Chennai, he will go to Bangalore. Some people are like that. They have already decided what to do. Pastor, pray, pray, pray. Why waste your time, pastor's time, God's time? Go. Perfect will comes in humility. Ah, look at two people. Perfect comes will comes in humility. Hallelujah. Sometimes the husband is right. Sometimes the wife is right. Who is closer to what God says? They are right. So submit to the wife and also it's okay. As long as she's telling God's will, it's okay. But to the wives, it's a little difficult to submit. So twice God said, submit, submit. I think husbands submit more than the wives. Husband say, I don't want to see an antichrist before the rapture. That was a good joke. All the husbands laugh, man, laugh. <laughs> don't be scared. I with me, church, because of the lack of time. Hallelujah. Perfect gifts come. Hallelujah. When you pray, you need to have the knowledge of will. Six things that you need to have the knowledge for. You have to pray for the knowledge. I'm just speaking it forth. I'm just speaking it forth. Number one, Romans, you can go home and read it. Romans chapter 1, 9, 10, 13. To have the knowledge of God regarding your journey. Even concerning your journey, where to go, which country to go, God speaks to you. Who to go with, God speaks to you. With your parents, with your family. There are certain people God sends to certain countries because that is in, in their will. But those countries might not be where you need to go because you have a certain set of purpose and plan. So that might not be good for you. You need to ask for which other countries God wants you to travel. Praise God. Hallelujah. Which business to take? Who to marry? Specific. Hallelujah. Praise God. Paul said, I will have a prosperous journey. According to God's will. Amen. How many of you want a journey according to the will of God? Travel, bring your travel under the blood of Jesus Christ. No accidents, no theft, no terrorism will attack it. You will be provided wherever you go. How many of you are believing for some journeys? Hallelujah. God, I pray that God will anoint you to journey to countries and places by the will of God. I declare it forth over your life in Jesus' name. Number two, Romans 8, 26 to 27. To know the will of God regarding prayer. The Bible says the Holy Spirit prays according to God's will. We might have our own style of prayer. But we need to get it into, the, uh, uh, into a praying according to the will. So many people pray for their daily needs. 99% of their prayer is for, is, is, is for their uh, health, their, 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 the way they look, their, their, for finances. And one person is a Lord, teach me to do, do your will. Should be the other way around. 99% to teach God's will. And one person for all the other needs. Amen. Praise God. Even you listen to messages. 
all the pastors are good all anointed messages but which are the messages that release me into the anointing of god and into the will of god those are the messages only you should listen to if some people listen to some message and they they loses their peace they loses their joy they loses everything they should not listen to those kind of messages man the devil always tempt you with spiritual things if you eat of this tree you'll become like god you th- so you think that anything spiritual is good for me i'll eat eat and eat and eat and eat no eat only what god ask you to eat rest don't touch it number 3 to have the knowledge of god regarding relationships 2 corinthians 8:5 says god first they gave themselves to god then they give themselves to us this is what i'm closing with regarding your relationships first you have to give it to god number 3 you have to give it to your spiritual father who god has placed you under know him some of you might be younger to you but god has placed me over you submit to it give your life to it bible says by the will of god god will lead you a sheep needs a shepherd there is loose direction amen 1 Thessalonians 4:3 to 7 says you need to know the will knowledge concerning your marriage and sexuality sex outside marriage is a sin and no sex in marriage is also sin praise god sex outside marriage is a sin and no sex in marriage is also sin to have the knowledge of your marriage and your relationship hallelujah bring it under the will of god when to abstain when to have the fruit of self control how to keep my husband as the only lover of my heart how to guard my heart how to be faithful till the end to have a knowledge of it you have to decide today that i am only going to have one lover of my life that's the one who i've stood in the covenant of marriage praise come on church i'm not going to kiss another person i'm not going to kiss like i kissed him i'll kiss him and he is the one praise god hallelujah so this morning let's close our eyes in prayer hallelujah blessed be the name of the lord to have the perfect knowledge of god's will this morning hallelujah let's close our eyes rudhamana daradara manasiya victory by the blood of jesus the lack of time let's just ask the holy spirit to help us to walk in the perfect will of god jesus said not my will not my will but yours be done let's look to that jesus let's look to that jesus this morning hallelujah 89 times 89 chapters are there in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Four times. Four chapters speaks about Jesus birth. 85 chapters speaks about his three and a half years of life. Last eight chapters. 27 chapters speaks about the last eight days of his life. And what I'm trying to say is Jesus died. He came, he died and shed every drop of his blood. it's all about him he rose again 
that you and I will be saved and will be in the will of God. That's why he died. If he has died a bloody death for you and for me, and at 27 chapters, God is speaking. The reason he sweat his blood from his mind, the Bible says. He sweat. Not the sweat, but the blood. So that our mind will be free from struggles. And our mind will unite to his mind. And his thoughts will grow into his mind. And we will have, we will leave all those struggles behind. And we will fly like a butterfly. We'll fly high. We'll be conquerors more than conquerors through him loved us. Nothing can separate us from that love. That we will run with this gospel. Which is given to us as a commission. To preach to other people that how beautiful this God is. If you believe this morning. If you believe this morning. Put your hand on your heart. And say this prayer. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the son of the living God. I want to do your perfect will. I want to do your perfect will. I thank you for dying for me. And shedding every drop of your blood. For the forgiveness of my sins. I'm sorry Lord for going after my own will. My own decisions. My own likings. I ask you to wash my heart and my mind to do to believe and to obey your will I want to cling to you and to follow after you anoint me Lord to walk the perfect will I ask you Lord to take control of my calling of my journeys of my relationships of my marriage of every area of my life I bring it under your perfect will right now in Jesus name Amen bless my life bless my career bless my calling with your perfect will I commit I surrender and I consecrate my life right now in Jesus name Amen I renounce the world I renounce sin and I renounce the devil you are my Lord be my Lord be my master be my king and be my savior. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Lift your hands. Stand up in your places. Give a shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 